Well, good evening to you. May I have my own welcome to that of Alan's earlier? It's uh, great to have you with us. Uh, may I pray for us as we spend the next few minutes looking at uh, some of the verses that we've already heard uh, earlier in the evening. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, let me start by asking you a question. What does Christmas really mean? What does Christmas really mean? Uh, Maybe that sounds like rather a silly question. We all know what Christmas means, don't we? But actually, if if newspaper surveys are anything to go by, and I don't know if they are or not, but I offer them uh, for us this evening, uh, there are a surprisingly wide range of answers that people give. Uh, Top of the list... Uh, was that Christmas means spending time with families and loved ones. Uh, A not-too-distant second uh, was that Christmas is a time for uh, being uh, generous. Uh, Almost half of people in one survey simply said that it's a good excuse for a few days off, a bit of pampering, Uh, but it doesn't really mean anything at all. It's all a bit meaningless, but it's nice. I don't know what answer you would give if that question were posed to you uh, this evening, uh, but I guess that many of us uh, would agree, at least in part, with some of those responses. Uh, Christmas is a great time, isn't it, for spending with those whom we love, especially if they've come from a long way or we haven't seen them uh, very much in the year. It's a great time to be generous, to give presents to, to people we love and people who are in need. Um, who among us doesn't like a few days off? Some Christmas pudding, nice turkey, reruns of Poirot. What's not to like? It's great, isn't it? But, but is that all that Christmas means? Is that it? I mean, think about it. I, I mean, to say that Christmas is simply all about family can sound a bit hollow when we consider that on the 3rd of January, if you're a lawyer, it's known as Divorce Day. Because the pressures of the festive season get so much that people feel that that has to be the end of it. It's a bit hollow, isn't it, as well, when we know that uh, around the world there are people in desperate need. Uh, Our TV screens, our iPad screens have been besieged this year by uh, by, uh, refugees, by scenes of war. It, It all just sounds a bit hollow. Uh, apparently, this year, uh, Britons will waste 2.4 billion on unwanted presents and food. That's a, a challenge, isn't it? The Bible tells us that there is more to Christmas than all of those things, and it is worth our celebrating. Uh, and I want to focus on two verses from that last reading that uh, we had uh, to help us to, to think very simply about what Christmas might mean. Uh, And the first uh, thing I want to draw out of that uh, passage we had read is this, that Christmas is about love. Christmas is about love. Let me uh, read from that passage we had from uh, John's uh, letter. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world. What are we celebrating at Christmas. Well, the writer uh, C.S. Lewis uh, says this, we are celebrating at Christmas the central event in the history of the earth, 
the very thing that the whole story has been about. And I think in this verse, St. John tells us exactly uh, what that is. It is the coming of God's Son, the Lord Jesus, into our broken world. That child, that first Christmas night in that filthy manger, was no ordinary baby. He was the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We've just sung it. He was very God, begotten, not created. It is absolutely breathtaking, isn't it, when we think about it? God became one of us. And yet it's even more amazing when we consider what the Bible says about how we have treated him. Uh, Right back at the start of our service, that very first reading that we heard uh, gave us the first installment in the history of humankind. And what a story it was. It was Adam and Eve rejecting God's authority over them. They chose to rule themselves instead of having God rule over them. And sadly, the Bible tells us that that pattern that was established all those years ago in in, in the Garden of Eden has been repeated in every single human heart from that time. Each of us has, in our own way, turned our back on God and rejected his rule. We've said no to him. We've said, no, God, we don't want you to be in charge. We want to be in charge. We want to have it our way. And the astonishing truth at the heart of Christmas is that even though every single one of us has rejected him, God still continues to pursue us. Even though we are hiding from him, he still comes to seek us out. He sent his son into the world to show us what he's like, to show us his love. He's not abandoned us, actually, as we deserve. But he sorts us out, every one of us, for a relationship. Why? Because he loves us. Uh, Toyohika Kawaga was a, was a Japanese Christian uh, activist who he spent much of his life uh, in the middle of the last century meeting desperate human needs in some terrible slums in Japan. Uh, and when somebody asked him what the great lesson he felt he'd learnt was from all of his, uh, his, uh, his ministry and his work, it was simply this, he replied, there is a famine of love. There is a famine of love. Uh, I guess we don't need to have experienced much of the world in order to see the truth in his words. We live in a world that is crying out for love, Uh, a love that's real and a love that lasts, Uh, a love that lasts longer than uh, an unwanted Christmas present or a lovely Christmas lunch, a love that goes beyond just warm words in a Christmas card. And, And Christmas tells us that because God sent his son into the world, that love is real. It's not fiction. It's real, and more than being real, it's available for all of us. Whoever you are, whatever your circumstances this evening, the coming of Jesus that we celebrate at Christmas shows us that God really is love, just as the Bible tells us. And it tells us that we can enjoy that love as well. Christmas, first of all, is about love.
But there's a second thing, I think, that John tells us uh, about Christmas, and it is this, that Christmas is not only about love, but it's also about life. Christmas is about life. Let me read again uh, from the passage we had read. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Uh, We can usually tell, can't we, just how much someone loves us by what they give us for Christmas. Uh, You get a well-chosen present, one that you actually like and aren't going to palm off to the break charity shop. Uh, That's a good sign, isn't it, that somebody loves us. They know us and care for us well enough to, uh, to get us what we want and what we need. And John tells us here in our reading that, that we can tell how much God loves us. Because in sending his son, he's made it possible for us to have what, what deep down we all really want and we all really, really need. And what is that? It's life. Life in, in all its fullness. The life that God longs for every one of us to know and to enjoy. There's not a single person who's ever lived who who doesn't want to enjoy life as much as possible. We don't want to get to the end of it. There's no dress rehearsal with life. You're on stage straight away and you don't get another chance. We want to make the most of it and we don't want the party to end. And yet as much as we might try to fill our lives with, with good things... Uh, So often we find that they fail to satisfy. One of the world's uh, richest uh, men uh, said these words uh, after uh, acquiring millions and millions. He said, millions don't always add up to what a man needs out of life. We might also add a woman. Uh, Even having lots of money, that man had found lots of possessions. Everything the world could offer him didn't satisfy that hunger in his heart. And we shouldn't be surprised because we all need something more. And the Bible tells us that the life that we're looking for is a relationship with God. And that's actually what we were created for right back in the beginning. In the beginning of the Bible, we are told that Adam and Eve, the first human beings, walked with God. They had a perfect relationship with him. And yet their rejection of him, and that that rejection that we all share in, as we've seen broke that relationship that human beings once enjoyed with God. It's the reason why our world is spoiled. It's the reason why our lives are enslaved to habits that we wish that we could break. Every year we say, set another resolution to sort things out, and it fails. And ultimately, it's the reason why we are separated uh, from God. Uh, The prophet Isaiah, we've already heard from him this evening, but he said elsewhere, he explained to God's people when they were struggling to get through to God. This is what what the problem was. Uh, He said to them, it's because of your sin that God doesn't hear you. It's your sins that separate you from God, that come between you and God and cause a barrier. It all sounds pretty hopeless, doesn't it? What hope is there? The wonderful promise of Christmas is that in sending the Lord Jesus, God has done something about it. And it's something that we can never do for ourselves, no matter how hard we try. He has sent Jesus 
his son into our world to be our rescuer. It's right there in in the hearts of our reading. He says uh, he sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. That word atoning simply means reconciling. Uh, What he's explaining is that Jesus came to pay the punishment that uh, your sin and mine deserved. Uh, He died on the cross, we are told, uh, in order to reconcile us with God. That's just what that that, uh, phrase means. He died to make it possible for God to forgive us, to welcome us back, to be our Heavenly Father again, to, to give us the life that every single one of us is craving. The life that we were made for. I always enjoy uh, receiving uh, Christmas cards, and uh, it's especially from from friends that I I haven't heard from for a while. And uh, a few years ago, I was sent a card by uh, a friend, I think it was, uh, and I think it was a card that his church had produced. And it was one of the more memorable Christmas cards, uh, because this is what it had on uh, the front of it. Uh, It had a picture of a, um, a pile of mince pies, and right on the top of the pile of mince pies was a hot cross bun. Now, you might think that's rather unseasonal. You might want for a sort of snowy village scene with choir boys and, uh, you know, a, a Christmas robin or something like that. But I think that Christmas card rather hit the nail on the head, didn't it? I certainly think St. John would have agreed uh, with that Christmas card. The child in the cradle, whose birth we celebrate at Christmas time, is also the man on the cross. He's the one who came to die the death that you and I deserved to do what we could never do for ourselves, to make peace with God, to give us the life that we were intended for. Well, that begs the question, doesn't it? What what should our response be to such a gift? Uh, How should we uh, respond to what God has done for us uh, in the Lord Jesus? Well, I think the words of a carol that we've already sung sum it up perfectly, don't you? Uh, Yet what I can, I give him. Give my heart. Uh, What God longs for every single one of us to do is to yield our hearts to him. Let every heart prepare him room as we sung, to open our hearts up to him, to receive the life and the love that he came to give us. Uh, For some this evening, that will be where you are, and that's resonating with you, and that's great. And if you want to talk about that uh, more, do please come and find me. I'll be just uh, sat down at the front. I'd love to talk about that uh, more with you. But I realise that for others, that's, uh, that's going to be a little bit uh, too much, uh, for the moment at least. And, and I wonder, therefore, may I invite you to consider doing uh, maybe two things. Why not, first of all, uh, consider taking a copy of one of the accounts of the Lord Jesus' life. There are, there are four of them. Uh, this is one. This is written by uh, St. Luke. Uh, may I encourage you to take one? You can find them at the back, just as uh, at, the, at the main door. And we'd love you to take it. It's, it's completely free. You don't have to pay for it. Just take it, read it over Christmas, and see what you make of it. Why not test out these claims for yourself and uh, see what Jesus uh, has to offer you? Uh, if you're interested, if you read it through and it uh, starts to make sense to you, even if it doesn't and you want to find out more, uh, why don't you come along to our uh, simple, Simply Christianity course that we're running uh, in the new year? It's just an opportunity. It's very laid back. It's no pressure. Uh, just to explore the claims of Jesus a little bit more, in a bit more depth. Uh, Who is he? Uh, Why did he come? And what does that mean uh, for you and for me? If you'd like to come, just again talk to myself, talk to Alan, who welcomed us. We'd love to give you uh, more details. Christmas is about life. 
life in all its fullness. And we long at Holy Trinity that all of us should know that and enjoy it. What does Christmas really mean? John's answer is that it's about God's love and God's life given to us in the person of his Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Word made flesh. May each of us open our hearts to him and enjoy his gifts this Christmas time and in the year ahead. Amen.